Welcome to a spoiler-filled The Dark Knight Rises review spoiler cast. I'm Sean Lenny. John Atney. Colin Westman. No Matt Carstens. Yet we live on. <laughs> um, Make it sound like he's dead. Yeah, so I guess <laughs> we're just going to talk about the movie, not do a list or anything else. That's why it's coming out on a... Tuesday. Figure yeah. that's plenty of time for you to have seen the movie, mm-hmm. and then come here to hear us talk about it. Uh, but if you didn't get it from the opening where I said spoilers a bunch of times, I'm, we're going to talk about whatever we want, including plot points. So if you haven't seen the movie and don't want those things spoiled, I would recommend turning this off and listening to it later. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do we want to start this with our, our experience before the movie, or just with the movie, or just... Sure. I, I think, because uh, my experience with this movie really started all the way back in May when I saw The Avengers. Oh yeah? How's that? I like The Avengers a lot, and that got me thinking about, uh, you know, this idea of the comic book movie versus the comic book film which is a thing I heard people talking about when the Avengers came out, because they, they were saying the Avengers is the perfect comic book movie. It's so fun. And I remember watching the uh, the Dark Knight Rises trailer at the Avengers and thinking, God damn it, it's so frustrating that this shit exists. It looks so good. It kind of takes away from the Avengers just knowing you know, how good the Dark Knight was and how good the Dark Knight Rises looked. And I think another movie that influenced... Uh, who I was going into The Dark Knight Rises uh, is The Amazing Spider-Man because that movie is such a blatant cash-in on a franchise. <laughs> such a... Just a fuck you. You're going to give us money so we can keep making more Spider-Man movies because we know you like it. And I, I think I even went easy on the movie in my review. I, th- I gave it three stars because I, th- I think if you're not as emotionally invested in everything surrounding that movie, it's probably fine, but there's just... There's no love in that filmmaking. It even feels like, oh yeah, we want Mark Webb, because, you know, his name isn't that great. He's a great guy for a Spider-Man <laughs> franchise. Just watching the screen, counting the dollars, looking at all the money on the screen. Is it like that? Yeah, it's exactly like that. Like, the special effects are better, the acting is mostly passable, but totally lacking any charisma, except for maybe Dennis Leary. Oh. Does he, does he bring it? Dennis Leary, yeah, he usually brings it. You know what's Every funny day. is that no. his, the character he plays, Captain Stacy, didn't James Cromwell play him? Yes, in it was Spider-Man James Cromwell movie? in Spider-Man 3. God, he's like 40 years younger. <laughs> I don't know, it just, seems, it just seems funny to me for some reason. Well, and of course his daughter... Gwen Stacy in Spider-Man 3 was 
an adult woman, and now it's Emma <laughs> Stone, a high school uh, girl she, student. She's still playing high school students. Yeah, she's that's that's still her wheelhouse. That's kind of weird. Yeah, well, Lindsay but Lohan's even older, so they gotta go one back. I guess. That's I watched the uh, Red Letter Media review of uh, the Amazing Spider-Man. And one of the guys was just really confused about which one was Emma Stone and which one was Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> anyway, that brought us to uh, oh. Thursday night. When we were packed into a garage below a mall to finally see The Dark Knight Rises. You're in soaked hell hole. Yeah. Sure. Like it's five, hot. Five... Uh... That got me pumped, though. That got me excited for the movie. <clears throat> got a taste of what it was like for those cops in Gotham. Because, I mean, I wasn't really even excited for the movie until right before because I didn't feel like I had anything to be excited for. I feel like, well, everything was pretty much awesome in the last one. Like, what more can they give me? And that's kind you of know? what Chris Nolan said, too, wasn't it? He, he was like, I don't even want to do another Batman movie. The Dark Knight was the best I could do. I just felt so content with everything in that last movie that I didn't, like, I, I just, I don't know where else they could take it. And Matt and so. I marathoned those two Batman movies before we went to the theater. And I, I still really enjoy both of them. I oh, think yeah. uh, Batman Begins is a really fun origin story. And, uh, you know, Dark Knight, one of my favorite movies ever. So then, Dark Knight Rises, what were your initial impressions coming out of the coming out of the movie. I was like, God, that Lord of the Rings Superman trailer was actually pretty cool. <laughs> that was the first thing you thought about? That was the first thing I thought about. I was... Because I guess Superman Returns did sort of do the origin story again, but I was... I was pretty excited to see a, like a modern... Mm-hmm. modern people do that. Because 1978 was the first Superman movie. Yeah. It's been a while. Um, but after that, I, I started thinking about the movie, and it's the conflict in me is I think it's really ballsy and it's really awesome that Chris Nolan was able to make it a trilogy and not leave it open ended for the inevitable next Batman movie. I, I feel like he finished that shit. But on the other side of me is like. It's not really the kind of Batman movie I'm trying to see. I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's totally the ending was a total tease with uh, making it seem like there could be another one, though. Like, there's plenty of room for another one. I mean, it'd be different. That like, and I just get this idea that Warner Brothers is gonna be like, oh, let's, let's you know, let's take that opening and go for it without Christopher Nolan. Like, I wanted it to make it so he like make it so that you couldn't make another one after it or something. So you like the whole world be- blows up. <laughs> I mean, sure, that that would have been the best way for them to go out, but it, you, I don't think you can really expect that type of thing with such a huge, big uh, tentpole blockbuster movie. They're always going to leave leave the option of making more money if it's possible. Yeah, but well, I, I I don't think they left it open. I think Joseph Gordon Levitt. Gets into the Batcave at the end. See, I told you they're going to be spoilers, guys. What the fuck are you doing? Uh, 
Earmuffs. <laughs> I think, sure, Joseph Gordon-Levitt finds the Batcave and finds all the Batman equipment just because the main theme of this whole trilogy has been the the Batman is an idea. Uh, he's much more powerful than the Batman as a man. And so he he's totally become a symbol of of hope in Gotham. And, and we'll, there will continue to be a Batman, uh, even though Bruce Wayne is gone. Uh, you know, his presence will always be felt because he's got that sweet statue in Gotham. Yeah. But I don't understand why he had to be, his name had to be Robin. Because I, th- I think, I, ha- I have to hope that it's because they're done. And they can just throw that in there as a nice nod to the fans who know. And everyone else can just go, oh, what? <laughs> well, I thought that was really, really stupid. It is it's really, really, really like, stupid. Like, I almost thought it would be cool if they was like, your name's Dick Grayson. Or something. Or and I they named know. him John Blake, which sort of sounds like Tim Drake. I mean, you you can look at that character as kind of an amalgam of like three different Robin characters. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the reason I, I find it a tease is because of the fact that they called him. Oh, your name is Robin, and he goes to the Batcave. And you know, even though the movie's saying like anyone can be Batman, I just get the feeling like oh, he'll become like a different version, though, like a Robin. But you can't just have a Robin, so there's got to be a Batman too. So that's why I feel like one way of looking at it is that they left it open to do another like a Batman and Robin thing, or I don't know. But I guess Batman's done. Like him, like his... He dropped it himself, right? Right. I think... God, I want to believe <laughs> that Chris Nolan did the one thing that the TV shows and the comics have never been able to do, which is give Batman a happy ending. Um, just because I feel like he really made Batman into his own character and... and with that shot, which I guess you could go all Inception and say that that was like a dream or something. I doubt it. That is so stupid. That'd be like the worst screenwriting. I feel well, that like. was heaven. That was heaven. Is Alfred dead too? Yeah, Alfred killed himself. <laughs> Alfred off himself. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would have been actually, I would have been fine with the ending where Batman blows up and then Joseph Gordon-Levitt goes to the Batcave, but he's not named Robin. That would have, I would have been perfectly fine with that. Then you could leave the door open for him to play Batman in some terrible Justice League movie. Yeah, I actually probably would have been fine with that too. Like, I did, I really did not mind Batman dying or blowing up. But the thing is that this isn't the Batman I know. This is Chris Nolan's Batman. Yeah. And Chris Nolan's Batman is obsessed with Rachel Dawes, even though she sucks. Yeah. And never, you know. In the comics, he doesn't have this love interest. He just has the grief of his parents' murder. And so he can never stop doing this because he can never bring his parents back. But having Rachel Dawes, this lame character, as his you know main source of inspiration, uh, turn him into a, a more romantic character, I guess, but a wimpier guy and a guy who could give up, unlike the kind of Batman I know. Who's just so yeah. obsessed and crazy? We need my girlfriend. I quit. I quit, gay. And can we agree that that was the worst scene when Alfred tells him the truth about Rachel and Batman throws him out? Uh, I guess. No, the worst. The worst scene's got to be for me be named Robin. Sorry, <laughs> that could be second. Throwaway line. I guess that is totally unnecessary. 
Well, yeah, I agree with you on all that Rachel stuff. Her involvement in those movies is weird to a Batman fan. Um, how about let's let's move along and talk about Bane. I'm, you know, I'm curious to see what you guys think about Bane. I feel like the revelations about Bane take away from him as a character. Because they set him up as this revolutionary character where he's able to just inspire this, you know, his followers are willing to die for his cause. And he does, in fact, lead a crazy revolution. And then the ending twist is, oh, no, he's just like a bodyguard guy and he's just going to blow everything up, I guess. Yeah, well, that's something that can confuse me about him. I don't know if I missed something, but it seems like his plan was, oh, I'm going to take down the ruling class. But then, oh, and then I'm just going to blow us all up, too. Right. And they... Did, like, did I miss something? Is, is Well, they say it? it's like he couldn't just blow up Gotham because then they could rebuild it. He had to, like, show the Gotham fall apart and eat itself alive and then, and then blow it up. Because that's what Ra's al Ghul would have wanted, I guess. Yeah, it's a little confusing motivation for someone who seems to be super, super smart. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I don't, I don't dwell over that, that detail too much. Like, it's, I still try to remind myself that it's an action movie, so I'll just enjoy it for that. Like, something I did like about this movie is the stakes are pretty damn high. It's like everyone's trapped in Gotham. There's a freaking huge bomb. It's like, there's nothing they could do. Batman's off trapped in some pit somewhere. Like, that was pretty cool. I think they did a great job of raising the stakes, making it intense. I feel like the plot holes in this movie were bigger than in the other two. Like, you can poke holes in the other two Batman movies. But stuff here, like, how is it while Bane's laying siege to the city, he can also fly off and drop Batman off in that jail in South America, I think it was? And then Batman just climbs out and suddenly he can get back to Gotham. No problem. Even though no one else can get in. He's got like a Bane copter. <laughs> now that's what I want to see. Yeah, how come Batman can fly the bat and get away? Like, you're telling me no one can see or hear that thing at all times? This, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty big. I feel like everybody would be seeing that thing. It, it reminds me of the Godzilla movie, how like, they lost Godzilla in the city. It's like, come on. Real? People would find that bad plane and they'd track him down. So I don't know. Well, once again, I feel like that's kind of insignificant. Um, but it's fun. I, I really like the bat thing. I like how they can incorporate funny gadgets but still make them feel real. You know, because these this series is all about realism, and I thought they always do such a good job of intertwining the uh, the you know the more superhero stuff with the more real stuff. I thought they kind of blew it by showing off the bat so early in the movie. I feel like they should have saved that gadget for the end. Like everyone's got Probably. tumblers, and like, oh my god, how are we going to stop all these tumblers? And <laughs> Batman's like, check this shit out. Well, maybe the thing is, is because Batman. You know, him in costume isn't really in this movie that much. Maybe they want to give you a lot of excitement early on. Yeah, because it's really depressing at the beginning. Because a lot of it is just Bruce Wayne kind of stumbling around. Being so sad. Being so weak for reasons unknown. Yeah, I don't know why they had to, like, 
I guess because then it makes it seem like, oh, well, he definitely can't become a superhero again. You look at him, he's a piece of crap. He's so weak. He's got no cartilage, according to Reno 911 police officer. Plus <laughs> Doc Thomas Lennon. Thomas Lennon. Yeah. Well, that was another thing I feel like we were talking about after the movie is that Batman is so – he has to wear that weird, like, metal majigger over his leg to even, like, move around. Like the fact that he can fight off all these guys is so crazy. Why? Why does it make him so weak? Yeah, he still like overcomes everything. I guess they did that because when he gets beaten up by Bane in that first fight, which I think is probably the best fight in the movie, just because it's so savage. Mm-hmm. Uh, he they they knew that he has to come back and beat up Bane once again, just with hand to hand combat. And so not only is like Batman fighting Bane for the wrong reasons, but he's he's really out of shape, I guess. And he needs to do sit-ups in a prison cell for five months so he can get that muscle mass to finally beat Bane. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't even feel like any kind of mental revelation he could have should make him be able to overpower Bane in any way later on in the movie. Because it ends... We were talking about this. It ends with him, you know, just they're just fist fighting. Mm-hmm. Like that was the most clever thing they could think Two of. Two giant hordes of people with guns and tanks, and they just fist fight. What Batman learned while being trapped down in that pit was enough to make him somehow stronger than this super strong supervillain. And another thing that bothered me is this Batman never became the world's greatest detective, which I always thought was an important part of the Batman character. Uh, he's, you know, especially if you're going to do a Justice League, you have to emphasize the fact that, sure, there are all these people who are way stronger than him, but he's smarter than everybody else. And in these movies, it's always, I think this is a thing. I'm going to see what Morgan Freeman can do about it. <laughs> I completely agree with that. I would really love to see him somehow incorporate detective work or I don't know some aspect of his intellectual side. To and they did that with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I was kind yeah. of all about that. That he was actually doing these. You know, Commissioner Gordon is basically not even in this movie, and Batman's just moping the whole time. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is out there detecting. I mean, when Batman beats Bane, he does it by breaking the connectors on his mask, which makes sense. That's how you beat Bane and most things where you have to fight Bane, but like he didn't even take the five months to deduce that that was something he could do. It just seemed <laughs> by chance he hit him in the face. He's like, Oh yeah, that's working. <laughs> <laughs> right in the kisser. Well, right in the kisser. That's what I should have said while watching the movie yelling out loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not enough. There wasn't really a lot of moments in this movie for people to go. Woo. Well, I think they all got out of their system when they booed the Twilight trailer for like half the duration of it. I don't know why they would show that at a Batman movie. I guess because everyone goes to see Batman. So, mm. mm-hmm. I mean, there you go. Uh, what do you guys think about Catwoman? I liked her. Yeah, she's fine. I they definitely her. worked her in that anti-hero kind of a role that you've talked about on past podcasts. Yeah, I think they did a great job of her being, you know, selfishly motivated and yet conflicted because she does have 
human emotions. She's a human being. She has empathy. Uh, I like that she's the one who finishes Bane off by blowing him up. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I feel like that scene, I, I wanted a, still a little more closure to that scene. I'm like, yeah, it was really fun. unceremonious. That they <laughs> just, just oh, he's gone. He's kind of there in the background just laying down. Like, I, I, would, I wouldn't invite, even if it would have been cheesy, one last, like he jumps up. And I don't know. That man has to punch him in the face again so more of his sleeps come out. It kind of felt... Gross face. You know what it reminded me of? Uh, Men in Black 1, they blow up the giant cockroach alien from the inside. And they're like, oh, that was tough. And then it jumps up again and the girl blows it up. Kind of like that. That's stupid, but at least you're like, oh yeah, it's definitely dead. <laughs> that was my problem with The Dark Knight with Harvey Dent. I was like... Is he dead? Are they having, you know, that... Because the, the last one ended, even though the last one ended with a funeral, like, I was figuring, like, they were just having that because the Harvey Dent side was dead anyways. Two-Face could still be alive, maybe. That's a thing that Christopher Nolan seems to do with his Batman villains. They just kind of get finished off and whatever. Maybe they're alive, maybe they're dead. And once again, I kind of like that. I kind of like that he actually made it a trilogy and is done with it. Please be done with it. No one... No one else can do a sequel in this universe. I'm declaring that a law. I'm going to get that amended to the Constitution. <laughs> I don't know, though. I mean, is, is it, it's really not up to him, though. Yeah. I mean, who knows? We could have the Dark Knight Rises Returns <laughs> in a couple of years. Uh, what about yeah. Talia? Talia Al Ghul. Well, that was a good twist. I didn't see that coming at all. Which made me feel no. I like being surprised. I'm never like, oh, I totally guess that. Or if I don't get it, I feel stupid. I like a good surprise in a movie. And her being Talia Al Ghul, I thought was really clever how they integrated that. It was one of those twists where when she was cast, you know, years ago, months ago, however long ago that was, people were like, oh yeah, she's probably playing Talia Al Ghul, right? Because that's like the only girl with an accent in the Batman universe. <laughs> But then they spent such a long time saying, no, she's not Talia Al Ghul. She's this guy who's a love interest. Or she's this girl who's a love interest. <laughs> for yeah, Batman. I see that Batman movie. Batman falls in love with Green Lantern. <laughs> He's gay now, you know, in DC Comics, apparently. Green Lantern's gay? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, do you remember um, a few months back, they're like, DC's going to announce that one of their characters is gay. <laughs> And I was like, oh, it's, it's going to be Aquaman. Oh, <laughs> and it was Green Lantern. Martian Manhunter. Get it? <laughs> Martian, Martian Manlover. <laughs> That'd be his new name. Do a crossover with that gay Archie character. Um, but enough about gay superheroes. Yeah. But Talia, in the end, I got her motivations. I thought it was cool that they were like, oh, that flashback wasn't a little boy, it was a little girl. That was all fine. And then she dies? <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> she like, crashed the truck. People crash trucks all the time in these movies. They're unheard. I don't know. There's so many revelations that came so quickly. I didn't have time to to think because I feel like she was dead not long after we found out who she was and everything um, but yeah it, it did kind of disappoint me though that Bane ended up being like a henchman yeah 
I mean, it's, it's, it's a little thing, but I don't know. I like to think that he's running the show. Well, I mean, it's, it's true to the character. He was, in the comics, he, he did work with Roz and Talia and then fail to take down Batman and become excommunicated by the League of Shadows. Yeah. That's all I like them. I like them including the whole League of Shadows because I, I thought that's what made Batman Begins really cool and gives you a chance to have Liam Neeson hallucination. <laughs> yeah, I like that too because, you know, he's supposed to be immortal, so... It's cool. It's like how in the original Spider-Man movies they all had Willem Dafoe. Even though the third one really didn't need to have Willem Dafoe again. Yeah, they all had Cliff Robertson as well. Ghost Willem Dafoe. I don't. I don't. I remember. Well, did, it, they probably just went like showed this all same clips of Cliff Robertson, right? Uh, they, they, just, they probably had a new scene in the third one, right? Because they yeah, they I changed they put, it. I think it was a whole new scene. Uh, okay. In each movie, because in, in Spider Man Two, there's a scene where he's in the car again, right before he leaves Uncle Ben, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like, "What are you doing, Peter?" What are you doing, Peter? <laughs> I don't know why that's my Cliff Robertson. <laughs> yeah, Jewish deli owner, but keep going. And Unless that's all you were going to say. And Peter's just like, I don't want to be Spider-Man anymore. <laughs> well, they probably had some scenes of him interacting with Thomas Hayden Church, too, right? Yeah, they must have. I, don't know. I did not choose to rewatch Spider-Man 3 before I saw Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. I like movies that have little recurring bits from characters from previous movies like how this also had scarecrow popping up yeah i love that although god you know that should have been the joker right yeah but i mean what are they gonna do man are they going to do that thing that they did for the imaginarium of dr parnassus where they cast three actors in his role Hey, of those three actors, let me tell you, if they made, if, if they had, had to include the Joker in this movie, would you rather them go with Jude Law, College Barrel, or Johnny Depp? I think it'd have to be Johnny Depp. Yeah, got it. Johnny Depp showed up. Everyone would be so confused. <laughs> what? Why is the Joker British now? You, know, you think he'd be doing... A British voice, or I feel like he can't help doing a British accent at this point. He's just locked in. He does play a lot of characters that are British or British esque. But yeah, I'm got. I mean, that would have made the most sense. But it's probably a good thing that they didn't do that. They try to like morph Heath Ledger's face onto somebody. Oh yeah, um, they they have uh, that technology now. They could have done you know, that. Yeah. It's amazing what they can do. I mean, I've seen the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus, and he thought you died while making that movie, and they totally, like, make it work. They can make anything work, but I guess it's always a question of, like, is it morally right? Should they make it work? <laughs> yeah. So I was fine with um, Scarecrow. I was afraid because, like, I remember saying early on, like, oh, Hurdy might be in that. But then I noticed that they took his name off, like, on IMDb of being, like, a part of it. I guess to keep it a secret. So then I was like, oh, I don't look like an idiot by telling people that he's going to be in it and that he's not. But then, oh, thank God he wasn't in it. Wanted to make a nice surprise. Even I was surprised. Yeah, it was funny too. As a judge. And he's, yeah, I like how he's, got, he's even got like straw coming out of his robe. Yeah. I, this is probably just me, but I was really wishing he'd put on the mask. <laughs> That's always been my biggest complaint. It's pretty stupid, but I, I like it. I always thought the scarecrow looked really cool with a sack, even though he just puts a sack on his head. I would have liked to see more 
Scarecrow action because I feel like in the first movie, I wanted a couple more scenes near the end where I just got to see him. Once again, that's pretty minor, and there would be absolutely no reason for him to put a sack on his head in this movie. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not alone in that, though. Yeah. The legions of Kill- Killian, Mur- Killian, Cillian, Murphy. I think it's Killian. Yeah, I always said Killian. Who is, I guess, now Christopher Nolan regular? He's been in what, like four films. Yeah, I like, I like how he has his. Do you think Leo DiCaprio is jealous that he wasn't asked to join up for the Batman's? I don't know who he could have played. Does seem like most people from Inception are in this movie. He could have played like young Commissioner Gordon in a flashback. <laughs> I don't think I would have. He definitely, he definitely couldn't have played Bane. He's a little too doughy. They could sculpt some abs onto him. Do you think? Digitally, Nicholas Cage, Ryder, <laughs> now he had digital abs, something, something like that. Well, they could have just had him play a different villain. Yeah, they talked about Killer Croc a little bit. He could have been that. Killer Croc. That sounds pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, so, I liked how a lot of things, uh, you know, came around again. You know, we talked about Scarecrow coming back, League of Shadows coming back. I thought it was a nice stylistic choice that uh, to become Batman again, he has to crawl out of what looks like a giant well, just like how he became, he got the idea for Batman by by falling in that well all those years ago. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah, there's lots of things about this that work for me as a film. But my bat senses disagree strongly. I, I, what do you think about it, Colin? Because you don't have this the stronger Batman ties like John and I do. Uh, what do you What do you mean? As, as the film about the film as a whole, or do whatever, man. I feel like I haven't heard much from you at all well, about this. Um, no, I was fine with it. I think it it did. Uh, give a nice sense of closure because it did give more to some of the things that were addressed in, in, in Batman begins. Um, I guess really my, my one problem coming out of it was really just Bane because he does just seem kind of like the same thing as the Joker, except without any of the really charisma or, or just the demented quality of him. He just seems like a guy that wants to fuck shit up. But he wasn't that interesting. Yeah, and they never... Like, why? Why does everyone want to ruin Gotham? What's what's their beef? Mm. I've never been to Gotham, personally. But it seems like an average American city. A little bit in Pittsburgh, this one, so... I like to think they actually destroyed Pittsburgh to do it. There's a shithole anyways. Nobody cared. <laughs> We're just going to blow up your football stadium. <laughs> I don't know. You know one problem I have with Bane is that mask. For some reason, since I can't see his face, and I always hear his voice, like, that you can obviously tell they re- like, re- recorded it again later. It always yeah. felt like he was, like, 
talking in their minds or something. Like he wasn't actually, <laughs> yeah. he wasn't actually there. Well, it's a, I think it's just the disconnect because you can't see his mouth. That's probably it. That was really weird. And his voice, I mean, it was it was fine, I guess. Kind of British-y. Definitely wasn't, I wasn't really expecting that. I didn't, he wasn't as scary as I thought he would be. I think he should have been super, super scary. I think it's probably because of his voice. It's kind of silly. <laughs> oh, Buckman, I will defeat you all. I will defeat you <laughs> I will destroy Gotham and be in ruins. It's like that weird, like we've been talking about Sean Connery-esque. <laughs> when it should have been like, well, if, the thing is, if you made it too scary, then you might accidentally make it like hard to like understand. Yeah. Like in the first Batman trailer, it sounded kind of different. He's like, oh, Batman. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. And then no one can understand anything he was like, saying. What the, what the fuck is he talking about? I guess it's better than him. <laughs> than the baited Batman and Robin. Yeah, but at least there. Words. I mean, he's sure he couldn't speak words, but at least his mouth was uncovered the whole time. <laughs> he wore his... At least when I think about Bane, I just think of him wearing a, a luchador mask. God, you know, it's weird. The more I think about Bane, like, I thought, like, oh, he's fine, but now I'm just starting to think, mm, he's uh, kind of, there's something kind of off about how they did him. His costume design, his voice, his motivation. <laughs> he's kind of, yeah, he's just like a confused version of the Joker. Which is a bummer, because he has to carry so much of the movie, because... Uh, you know, we spend a lot of screen time on him, and, and the alternative is sad Bruce Wayne. He's just so sad. Shambling around. He wasn't even ripped in this movie. He's like, he looked super frail. I don't feel like that's like you could say, like, super frail. Super frail. Super frail! Like, it's a. Whoa, guy's so frail. Looks awesome. I kind of like though that. I mean, Batman was weaker than you know he looked in the other movies, kind of frail, injured. But other aspects, I feel like mm, it just didn't quite feel like Batman. I don't know. I, it's it's hard to explain. I was kind of okay with that, just because I feel like. At least maybe more in in Batman Begins, they do kind of deal with how how Batman is just one man and how he's he kind of has to struggle with uh, having to do all this shit as just one human being. And then when he breaks down, it's like, man, <laughs> I don't know. I, I was just all right with it, I guess. I think, yeah, I think that, and that was the one good action sequence when he just gets rocked by Bane. Mm -hmm. I, the others were certainly a lot more epic, but I, I just wasn't. Feel, none of them were as exciting to me as Batman taking down the SWAT team in Dark Knight. Do you guys feel that way? Like a, it has a motorcycle chase, which I think isn't as good as that first tumbo chase in Batman Begins. Yeah. Has... Go ahead. I mean, it was genuinely entertaining, but yeah, I'm kind of, I mean, maybe this is just because I've only seen it the one time, but I'm kind of having trouble even remembering like all the action scenes because they just weren't as memorable. They're just a little more 
standard action scenes. And I don't know. I don't. I don't really recall them very well. Well, there was him and Catwoman taking down thugs yeah. on the rooftop, and then later, him and Catwoman taking down thugs in the sewers. Yeah, those are okay. And uh, then there's lots of street fighting. Yeah, when he rescues Gordon, when he rescues Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and then the huge fight at the end. I mean, yeah, those were fine. I liked all the explosions, though. Those were pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, when they they're killed, blowing up all the bridges and stuff. They killed the mayor with the move. Looks like he was always wearing mascara. <laughs> I guess. They didn't really, like, I mean, he's in that room, so I guess he's dead. So they're Christopher Nolan thing. Mysterious deaths. It's like, I get, I mean, I think he was in there, so he's probably dead. Poor mayor. I think I, I must have been stoked to come back for another Batman. Yeah. Yeah, now Lost's over. He probably doesn't have that many roles. You know what's really funny is that actor Nestor Carbonell, he played the Batman esque character on the Tick. Oh, that was him. The the live action Tick, yeah, yeah Batman. Well, so there you go. So he has superhero experience <laughs> on both ends. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess overall, Dark Knight, it was fine. Although I was perfectly fine with just Dark Knight being the last one, but, you know, in this world of sequels and blockbusters, there's always going to be another one. So, and with I'm, what we got, with what we got, I'm, I'm fairly satisfied. I, you know, I I enjoyed it. I'd watch it again. It's entertaining. It just, it, it never rises quite to the level of what we've already seen. I just have to believe, even though that's going to be another Batman movie. I have to believe. Three, it's a trilogy. That's the number they're always looking for. Please be done with this universe. Let it go. Calm. Yeah. As always, I give the last word to you. When do you ever give the last word to That's me? how you're going to use the last word, Colin? <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. All right, then. The Dark Knight Rises is in theaters right now. Uh, we all think it's fine, I guess. We're okay with it. I'm going to see it again in IMAX. Because I know a lot of it was shot in IMAX, and that's pretty cool. And by the way, we didn't say it. This is a goddamn good-looking movie. Wally Fister knows what he's doing. And until next time, which is just a couple days from now, we'll be doing a... a top 10 Arnold Schwarzenegger movies list. I, I know everyone's excited about that. But until Thursday, we'll be seeing you around. And Oh, and you can go check us out on MyLikeBleeds.com. We don't do these very often. Maybe we'll do another one. Alright, see ya. Yeah, yeah.